Hey everyone, this is Jared of the Synautical Podcast. If you're into holistic health, philosophy, and spirituality, come check out and listen to my podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and elsewhere. Hi listeners, I'm on the line with Lyndon Hepner, a 6A high school football coach in Oklahoma, a history teacher, and someone who represents that it's never too late to reach a fitness goal and change your relationship with food and exercise. You can follow Lyndon on Instagram at Lynn Hepner, L-Y-N-H-E-P-N-E-R. So Lyndon, was there a specific event that triggered your lifestyle change? It was more a culmination of just like daily things, you know, like clothes that wouldn't fit, you know, uh, you know, and and like go to the doctor and they'd say pre-diabetes, never failed, go to a restaurant and... uh, you know, had to eat at a table because it couldn't fit in the booth. Okay. You know, stuff like that. Was there a year that you started or have you worked out on and off throughout your life and then you just kind of took off on a specific year or? Well, I, I can't really point to a year. I coach and that takes up a lot of times. You know, you can't work out and watch a workout. And when, you know, five thirty, six o'clock in the evening that I would come home because, you know, had my kids, and so, and I'm not, I'm not blaming anybody or, uh, or the situation. It's just that I did not take the time for myself. And that's when there's kind of a steady, but slow descent, you know, and the scale started going up and the clothes started getting tighter and then got <laughs> replaced and stuff like that. So I can't really point to a time, but 2016 is when I, I started going back to the gym, but it was you know, what, what I was used to and what I was comfortable with. So it took a couple of years to finally, you know, admit that, okay, you don't know everything, you're going to have to change. And so 2018 is kind of when I point to when it, you know, it took off. Something that I know is corny, but I believe this. Fear stands between you and your goals. And the fear of losing what I wanted in the moment was greater than what I wanted most. And so I had to face up to that and overcome that fear and now I apply that all the time. Like, are you serious? Are you really going to do a thousand reps a day? Won't that hurt? Aren't, shouldn't you be afraid of that? No, just power through it. That's kind of an underlying or overriding uh, attitude that I, that I have to remind myself to do, but uh, uh, it tends to work. And that was part of the spark or is that what keeps you going? I think that's more keeping me going, you know, because I'm always looking for, you know, I mean, I'm on Instagram and I'm seeing yours and I'm seeing others and I, I'm getting ideas and I'm stealing stuff. Cause coaches are the biggest thieves ever. You know, uh-huh. we'll steal something and act like it's ours. So uh, uh, just a culmination of, you know, years of this and uh, trying to put it together and find out what works and what doesn't. Yeah, because maintaining fitness isn't about one specific goal. After a while, there there will be a series of things, and sometimes you can't just pinpoint one answer. Exactly. Have you found that to be true? Exactly. I mean, it, it kind of changes, you know. And just when you think, you know, I, I, people, you know, I, my brother-in-law said, "Well, what, what, you know, what are you aiming for? What is your goal?" I go, you know, I'm never satisfied, and I don't like that to sound, you know, like anything wrong. But like you said, it's ever changing, and then once you reach a milestone or a point, well then now that's in the rear view mirror. Let's go for something else. Exactly. And then your new starting point is better than your previous starting point. So you're just building on top of what you've already right. accomplished. Exactly. So you're a history teacher and a football coach. 
So have you always done both together or what do you focus on more prominently of the two? Well, I was raised on a ranch in Northwestern Oklahoma and it wasn't for me. My dad said, boy, you ought to go to college. And I did. And so I left the farm, left the ranch and I became a teacher. I wanted to coach. And the only way you can coach to get into high school coaching is that you got to teach, right? And I just, I love it. I, I, I am hired to be a teacher, okay? And extra duty pay is coaching. Now, what takes up more? The coaching part. But uh, I, I love the, you know, I love, you know, history. And so I've done both. To answer your question, I've done both, except for one season that I spent in Austria coaching American football there. All the other years have been com combination history teacher and coach. Okay, so that's interesting. So um, you coached in Austria. How did that come about? Well, my son, who had coached at Southeastern Oklahoma State University as a grad assistant, uh, said, I, we were at my daughter's uh, PA graduation, like a meal before. She, she's a PA, and like the meal before we're going to go to the graduation, he just happened to mention that one of his former players wanted him to come to Germany and coach. And I said, you have football in, in Europe? And so I get on a website and some Skype meetings and some emails, and I'm going to Vienna to coach American football in the spring uh, of 2011. And so that, that's kind of how it happened. Once in a lifetime uh, opportunity. I loved it. I, you know, I'd like to go back sometime. That's kind of how it happened. That's, that's really cool. So how in demand is American football coaching and how popular is American football in Austria? And they have teams from Sweden to Italy. It's I always, you know, and this is not a slam or anything, but I always say, you know, football in, in Europe is treated kind of like soccer was in America about 20 years ago, where it's like, yeah, what is this sport? And maybe 30, you know, it depends on the area, you know what I'm saying? But it's popularity, you know, it's, it's edged out by uh, uh, soccer. Uh, most of our football games were actually played on soccer fields that had to be remarked for football. So the popularity isn't just overwhelming. It, it, it has pockets, but great opportunity and it was really fun. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And so in our previous conversation prior to this interview, you mentioned being a 6A football coach. Can you explain that to me? Sorry, I don't follow football. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> there, okay, there's like 130-some high schools that play football in Oklahoma. And forgive me if I, I don't have that number correct. I should know. But what they do is the biggest average daily membership schools, there's, you know, they take the top 32 largest as far as population schools, and that's 6A. And then they move down the next 32 or 5A, and then, and you see it just goes down like that. Now, some classes are bigger because, you know, there's just, you know, they don't have, they can't just put 32 in every one. And it even goes down, there are two classes of eight-man football. You know, regular football is 11-man, and there are two classes of eight-man football. So 6A is, is the biggest schools uh, uh, that play in Oklahoma. Oh, okay. I've been at Mustang High School uh, the last couple of years. It's an awesome school, awesome administrators, teachers, students. Uh, we've got a great football program. Coach Blankenship is our head coach. Uh, so I got to throw in the Go Broncos. <laughs> all right. So were you a football player in your youth at all, or what specifically led you to that? And does any of your training somewhat uh, mirror football strength training or any aspects of that type of training? 
Well, I was, like I said, I was raised on a ranch and I was riding horses all my youth and, and then uh, started watching football like in maybe eight, 10, 12 years old and uh, went out for football at Freedom High School in Freedom, Oklahoma. And so played there, eight man football. Uh, it was a small school, so you did everything, played basketball, ran track, and then had an opportunity to go play football in uh, D2 college. Uh, Cameron University in Lawton, Oklahoma, and then transferred to Northwestern Oklahoma State University in Alba and played college there. And so that that's kind of been my my sports background. As far as uh, uh, training, you know, strength training, it's it's essential in, in football now. It wasn't when I was growing up in high school and almost in college, but now strength training is paramount in, in football and, and every sport. I will say that every sport. Basketball, I don't care. Baseball, uh, uh, strength training, uh, conditioning is something you cannot do without, and you know, and be successful, in my opinion. Even is that you develop power, power, flexibility, explosiveness, yeah, uh, injury prevention. I mean, just uh, yeah, the list goes on, and you overcome obstacles. You know, I'm saying you're not going to lift as much as you want every day. And so that failure provides feedback and, and, dedica- and you know, dedication and perseverance. All of those things become important, you know, in the development of athlete. So do you work out alone or do you have a training partner or partners? Well, I kind of, I mean, most of the time I'm alone at the gym. I mean, but, but I'm at a gym. And so, you know, I, I ran into a guy that, that we trained sometimes. His name's Kevin Stemper. Uh, we train a, a lot together, but I have a training partner that's also my best friend, Susan, my wife of 41 years. Lately, we've been trained together as much as possible, so uh, that's really cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome to have a, a more permanent training partner, uh, right, such as your right. spouse. So do you both share the same training style or... You know, she started out, she had knee replacement surgery. She had gone to the gym with me before, but then, you know, work and everything, it kind of kept her out of it. So she was motivated to get that knee back in, you know, in workable functional situation. And so she was going to the gym to do that. And then it wasn't long before she started adding like upper body stuff. And now she's got it broke down to where she does pushing one day, pulling one day, muscles, and then legs one day, along with uh, our stretching. Sometimes I'm going, are you guys not done? Are you not done yet? Can we go? Yeah. <laughs> she's, so she's, she's, you know, once she decides to do something, stand back because it's going to get done. <laughs> so one thing in that too, with some people who aren't familiar with exercising regularly, they don't understand what the draw is. And so once you actually get started, then you start adding goals and it kind of has a way of growing on you. Exactly. Exactly. It could be anything, you know, and what I suggest, and this may be off track a little bit, but so you remember those goals, it's not a, a thing where it's vanity, but take a picture, you know, take a picture at your worst. Cause I avoided cameras. It's hard to find, you know, it's hard to find pictures of me, you know, back in my 325 pound life. And so take pictures occasionally and look at the difference, you know, look at the, or keep track of, you know, like, how far you run or, 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 you know, what your lift is or something, do something as milestones. So you can keep what, cause there's going to be times where you get discouraged or feel like it's not going anywhere. Look back at where you've come from. 
Yeah, that's a, actually a really helpful tip because one of the aspects of lifelong fitness or long-term fitness is you'll go through cycles and sometimes you might think, oh, I'm, I have a little more extra body fat on me. And then if you look at your records, you might've had the same body fat a few years ago and you still push through it and you're just going through the same cycle again. And it's not something to feel discouraged by or to uh, be afraid that you're suddenly putting on a lot of weight. I'm glad you mentioned that because one of the things I felt like I was a slave to was a scale. And recently I've had like body fat analysis and that's, that's a lot better way yeah, of deciding what, you know, what you're made of literally. Yeah. Yeah. Cause your weight is everything you just ate or didn't eat. Exactly. Or if you went to the bathroom or didn't, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. Just... yeah. Or humidity or the scales wrong. It just, yeah. and, and I know, people that are slaves to it, like it makes or breaks their day, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, checking body fat is so important. And other than that, uh, measurements, I mostly just do circumference measurements. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if, if I'm really messing up, I might get my body fat checked, but that's not right. Awesome. Right. Well, uh, uh, you know, if nothing else, just how do your pants fit? You know, is yeah. a good, is a good, but, um, <laughs> I've, from the, from what I, I lost 120 pounds and I've gained some back, but I want to know what that gain is. And so I have body fat. I was having it like every three months and COVID has kind of stopped that. So I'm, I'm hearing that DEXA scan is the next thing, you know, like, the oh, yes. so I'm going to, I'm going to get one of those one of these days and try to, I'm trying to keep my body fat around 15% or under, and it's been that way. So if this gain is what I want it to be, it'll stay there or get better. You might be able to get a free one at a local university. Yes. Yeah. So I wonder if OU would that. do that. OU or OU. <laughs> so what is your overall philosophy for, um, for example, fat loss, muscle gain, or maintenance? We may have kind of covered it just now, but mm -hmm. do you have an overall philosophy on training and nutrition? Well, I know this. It's paramount. The diet, the, the nutrition is paramount. If you're if you're gonna have weight loss, you can't outwork. You can't you can't go in this in the and do a really hard workout and then go have you know like I used to have five hamburgers on the way home, you know you can't do that. You can't outwork bad dietary habits. And, and you, you know I, I shy away from the word diet because it becomes a lifestyle, and everybody's different. You know my journey may not be what somebody else's is, but as far as fat loss, it's protein. You know, yeah. and, uh, uh, lean, you know, you pick it. I don't care. It can be, you know, even if you're vegetarian, you can find protein and then non-starchy vegetables, you know, uh, you know, maybe not the ones you gravitate to like French fries and mashed potatoes, but, but, you know, non-starchy vegetables and a little fat along the way, away, and then, you know, find ways to be satisfied with that and then step back because it's going to start happening. So maybe not at first, you will see the improvement that you want. And then again, you may see a great improvement and then it level off later. But, you know, consistency is the key to uh, to that. And I know people, you know, have what they call like cheat days. Mm -hmm. I would really, I would shy away from those until you <laughs> hit a pretty good, a pretty good, you know, like not stopping point, but, you know, like a, a goal because cheat days can turn into cheat weekends and, and weekends can yeah. ruin a whole week of work. It's just, you know, and then why are you going to work so hard and then throw it all away with a cheesecake or, or whatever, you know? So, I mean, so, so I'm not saying don't do it, 
but do it as reward, like when you reach a certain uh, a goal. I totally agree with that because you have to develop discipline first. And uh, if you're the way you gained weight was through having difficulty disciplining your eating habits, then you have to develop that first exactly. prior to going jumping right back into it. Exactly. So, do you follow an overall philosophy for all stages, fat loss, muscle gain, and maintenance in terms of nutrition? Well, I haven't hit maintenance yet, so I'm still researching that. Muscle gain, I think it's pretty standard. You know, and I've talked to people, the, 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 like the goal is kind of a gram of protein for every pound of body weight. Um, I, but like, like my, my normal meal is three bites of protein, one bite of non-starchy vegetables, repeat until you know it's over uh five to six small meals a day and try to get 30 to 40 grams of protein and i know the standard is 30 grams every three hours but i i, I have some questions about that i'm going to talk to a nutritionist about but i think you can the key is protein for so many reasons and uh, uh and then of course you got to have some carbs okay and do you feel satiated and energetic for your workouts based on how you're eating now I do, but you know, you also got to rest. You know what I'm saying? You can't, you can't stay up till two in the morning. And then I, I, I get up at four 30 and I work out at five, you know, so <laughs> it fits the old person lifestyle. <laughs> I'm going to bed. You know, it bothers me with this uh, daylight savings time. Cause sometimes I'm headed to bed and it's still kind of light outside, but uh, you know, you, you got to make some investments to get some dividends. And that's where I do it. It's, it's like, you know, a, a, a clean diet and uh, uh, plenty of rest. And, and uh, you gotta, you gotta hydrate. So are you saying that older people have an <laughs> advantage on everyone else? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna call it that. Yeah, so we go to the all you can eat buffet at 4.30 and then we go to bed at uh, nine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's not go to the all you can eat buffet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be good. That got us in trouble. So, the current phase of your weight loss journey started in 2016. Mm -hmm. And yes. I don't think we covered it much, but um, you had weight loss surgery, correct? I did. I did. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I felt like I was killing myself and trying to do everything right, and it just doesn't, wasn't working. For a lot of different reasons, I considered it, and I ran it by my wife, and she was supportive. And so we did that. But before we get into it very far, just don't let anybody tell you it's the easy way out, uh, because believe me, there's you better you better check into it first before you before you say that. Uh, I will give you one example, and I, I don't know if I should mention this show, but you know the the Biggest Loser show. You've heard of that. One year they yes. had 15 people that that lost over 100 pounds. Of mm -hmm. those 15 people, 14 gained it back. Guess what? The one that didn't gain it back had was weight loss surgery. Weight loss surgery. So. <laughs> So, um, and, and I know there's ways to cheat the gastric sleeve or the bypass too and gain weight. And uh, uh, so, so it is a tool and, you know, I, I'm not going to argue with anybody, but because, that might want to judge, but, but uh, if I were, I would ask them like, how do you paint the ceiling in your house? Do you get on a ladder or do you just jump up using your own, you know, your own, you know, vertical jump to paint the ceiling? You use a tool, right? Well, the one I chose was that, and it's not, you know, you can't reverse it. So I'm, it, it's part of me now. And, um, it, it, it provided a great springboard by which then you can see some, some improvement. 
Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with, we support science in various ways, but it's funny how in some other ways people say, oh, that's cheating. Right, so, right. You know, we're okay with supplements a lot of times, but not okay with surgery that can save your life. Yeah, 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 literally. You know, there's there's arguments both ways, but, but uh, and I, I honestly, the people around me have never been anything but supportive. And, and I don't, I'm going to sound bad, but I don't feel like everybody deserves to know. And, and, and so if sometimes people say, wow, you know, how'd you I just say, I, I uh, ate more and I exercise, I mean, I ate less and exercise more, you know, that was, that's my standard answer. And then if they really, you know, are, are interested, then I'll go into it. But once you get me started, it's going to be like a two or three hour explanation. <laughs> so, you know, you better not. In terms of weight loss surgery, since you mentioned how some people have had it, but may not have been able to maintain the results. Right. Right. Is that the key as far as when people try to dismiss weight loss surgery? Is it really about maintaining the weight loss in the long run that makes it not a cop-out? Yeah, I, I, I haven't thought about that, but I, I think that would have to be a major uh, consideration, you know, is because I, I just refuse to think that, that I would go through this and then blow it you know, in, in a few years, you know, that's, that's like, if, if I'm afraid of something, that's going to be one thing is that, you know, I maintaining and or, but I kind of, I don't like the word maintaining as much as I like improving, you know what I'm saying? Oh. Even if it's just one little thing. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, at the end of this deal, you know, I want it to be a success as I look back at it and not like, Oh, the, well, that was that period of time when, you know, look at those pictures, you know, what happened, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause you can compare it to when people get liposuction, for example, and mm -hmm. they gain weight again and then they yeah. say, Oh, I thought it would stay off when really uh -huh. you have to right. do the work to make sure it stays yeah. off. Right. Right. It, like I said, it's just a tool, you know, you, you don't take a hammer to cut bread, you know what I'm saying? And, and so if you, you know, if you decide to use a certain tool, you know, you got to use it the right way. Yeah. And it's only, only for that. It's not for the next job you have. You get some other tool to use then. Yeah, that makes sense. So based on your expectations for the weight loss surgery, how were the results and also the process of it? Was it a difficult process post-operation? And were you nervous prior to going into surgery? Uh, I'll start with the last part. I was not. I was ready. You know what I'm saying? We had We had schedule it for spring break and I was told that I'd be back to work you know in three to four days and so uh, uh, by the way it's called weight wise in Edmond Oklahoma they heck of a job they do like counseling and, and support group you know they don't just do it and then let you go you know what I'm saying it's within the country it was five miles down the road so so you know anywhere in Oklahoma or wherever you can go there but anyway the process is uh, uh, it's a surgery you know they go in and basically they, your stomach's shaped like a, a, a J or an S, right? Well, when they do the sleeve, now it's shaped like a sleeve. It's, it's hmm. smaller. And along with it, there's less ghrelin in there, which causes hunger. And uh, uh, you can't hold as much. And my, my whole being, you know, my, when I went in to, to do this and check into it, the psychologist asked me, you know, like, why do you want to do this? And I said, I want to, I want some way that you can't uh, rationalize 
eating too much. Well, believe me, if you eat too much with this, it's coming right back up. And so that's one of the things that keeps you, you know, on track. Okay. So now, I do ahead. have a question about that. So that's, I can understand the stomach possibly expanding again, but mm -hmm. what about the, the ghrelin you mentioned? Uh, so does right. that regenerate or does that increase again if you eat too much? I was told that it takes about a year for your body to figure it out. And that was, that's all they ever said to me. So I'm imagining it could. As it is from March 2018 to now, I have found that I still, you know, I get hungry, but it doesn't take as much to satisfy that hunger. Okay. So it plays okay. right into the, the whole, you know, small meals thing. Couldn't eat a big meal. <laughs> and you don't want to either, right? Because no, 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 no. Some, oh, no, here's the deal. <laughs> you still have head hunger. You still want to. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. That's where the discipline comes in that you mentioned earlier. You've got to realize, no, here, and I'll do it. I'll say it again. What I want now can't override what I want most. That's a good, that's a good phrase. I'm going to have to keep that one. Oh, and you know, here's the deal. You, you asked that with the process, you got to go for a good while with just like a liquid diet afterwards. And then you go oh. to a, a soft diet, you don't, you know, liquid diet. Have you ever done mm -hmm. that? Ugh. No. And then, a soft, <laughs> and then a soft diet, you know, because you're, you know, there's surgery, you know, yeah, you, you can't break to. that loose. And so exactly. there's about a what six week period that you're, you're transitioning back into regular food. And so, yeah, yeah. A typical day would be like some eggs, you know, uh, then a, a protein bar, then, you know, tuna, you know, you get the idea just sure. on down the way. So people who have seen your success now, do you actually train people outside of football? Have you ever been approached to train anyone? I do not train anyone. I, I, you know, I go to the gym sometime and the coach in me wants to correct form or, or whatever, but mm -hmm. I know people don't, you know, they don't want somebody walking up to them and changing that. Uh, and so the only, I guess, my wife is about the only person that uh, uh, we work together. And, and, you know, I would say that we're, she would probably say that I'm her trainer, but I've not ever actively, you know, unless like if somebody comes up and wants to, then we can talk. But, you know, other than our sport, our football, then that's kind of been it. All right. Uh, one thing I want to mention about our training. Sure. Our football program has a, a strength and conditioning coach. So I follow his recommendations, his plan while I'm there. And, and honestly, what we do for the kids is beneficial and is lifelong, but we focus on some movements that I don't do anymore. You know, oh, uh, yeah, I don't do squats. Uh, I do a lot of leg exercises, but but squats for different reasons, leg, knee surgeries and stuff, I don't do. And we do, we center a lot of stuff around power cleans. And so, you know, I, I just don't feel the need to do those as much. They're still good. And I wouldn't tell you not to do either one of those. But so, so what, what, why I do at school and work, although it's beneficial, I often don't do on my own training. And that's a good point, actually. So just having experience over the years of exercising, there are some exercises that you might eliminate 
but not lose the results that you gained from doing those exercises when you switch sure. to other exercises. Right. So do you find that you're at a disadvantage in any way because you don't do those powerlifting moves or squats? No, I don't feel like I, I, I'm at a disadvantage. I think that the, the squat, the deadlift, the power lift, the power clean, you know, those things are what you can build a foundation with. And, you know, I mean, you can do them at any age. I just, you know, I've just kind of, for whatever reason, you know, gone away from them. But, but every once in a while, I will do a, power, a, a deadlift. You know, I mean, I incorporate that on leg day some days. My shoulders and uh, knees kind of got to where squats are not, you know, it's just harder to do. Uh, but, but, you know, hack squats, uh, you know, the leg machines, you know, yeah. there's a lot of other ways to work legs and, and glutes that, you know, yeah, do. and you feel like you're still getting the results you want from those movements? I do, but, you know, maybe like a million other people, I have focused on my upper body so much, and so the legs have got to, you know, get caught up, so leg days are not skipped anymore. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. So going back just briefly to uh, your weight loss surgery, uh, did you have to worry about skin removal or anything like that? You know, the skin doesn't snap back. For my age, it didn't. It might some people, but it didn't snap back. So it was a constant reminder that you have run a mile, or no, you've run 10 miles, so 10 feet from the, the finish line on this mile, but, you know, you haven't finished. I, it just, to me, it was the culmination of the journey. You know what I'm saying? I got to get rid of this excess skin. You know, it's hanging around my waist. Every night I get up, and, you know, whatever, it's in the you know, I just knew it was there. So although I'd lost the weight, I considered it like, you know, running a mile and stopping a few yards from the finish line. You know, this is, this has got to happen too. you know, for the whole, you know, it was the whole package to, to, to complete it. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're able to get that done. I have heard of people who lose a, a lot of weight or get weight loss surgery and they have that excess skin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the the one surgery was covered by our uh, uh, insurance program in Oklahoma. The the gastric sleeve, the the uh, skin removal is not. We went to Dr. Sawan in Edmond, Oklahoma, which I would recommend highly, and okay. got it done. Yeah, well, you know, feeling good in your own skin can really affect your mood. So I imagine, oh, definitely. yeah, you needed to take care of that to stay motivated and to not you know, uh, feel down. And given your uh, weight loss surgery, you made so much progress with that. But then when you have the excess skin staying there, I imagine it'll still affect your mood. It, exactly. You, 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 you have uh, said it exactly right. It's just, you know, like, okay, it, it's one step, but we're not done yet. You know what I'm saying? Now, here's the deal. I waited a year because, I mean, you wouldn't want to do this and, and then lose more or, you know, whatever. And so you, you don't want to make that, you don't want to do that quick. You know what I'm saying? After you've lost like where your goal is, then you want to see, if, you know, settle in, so to speak, and make sure that there's not going to be any more loss or whatever. And then, uh, and then of course, the next thing is make sure you don't fall back into old habits and, sure. and ruin the process. So you're a history teacher, a football coach, you uh, made a ch major change in your uh, nutrition and exercise habits back in 2016. 
And if you don't mind my asking, how old are you? So uh, the listeners know that, you know, it's never too late to reach their fitness goals. I'm 64. I'll be 65 in May. Yeah. So that, that tells me that I have no excuse, at least for the next 30 years, I have to keep going. So there you go. Yeah. People like you always remind me when I feel like, (laughs) you know, am I going to suddenly gain weight when I'm 40 or something? I'm like, well, no, I don't have an excuse because look at him, you know, right. so people like you are really important, especially um, the fact that you started, well, you you started this portion of your mm-hmm. fitness journey very right. recently and right. you're still able to make progress and maintain it. So um, that's really important for people to uh, see examples of that. So they can't make any excuses, but not just for that reason, but so they know it's possible. Right. I've seen a t-shirt that says, let me see if I can get this right. You don't lift in weights because you get old. You get old because you quit lifting weights. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. I I can quote t-shirts all day. Yeah. So in our brief uh, talk before this interview, you mentioned that you do short rest periods and um, you also practice what's called E-M-O-M, which is every minute on the minute cardio. So how does that type of training, how do you keep energy for that type of training? And if you have short rest periods during weight training, how do you, you know, stay energetic for that uh, day in and day out as far as uh, what your weekly training routine might be? Okay, well, the, the every minute on the minute was kind of a transition from my weight loss where I wasn't doing, you know, I had to suspend actual weight training and so I was basically doing cardio. And so I kind of negotiated, well, can I do EMOM, which is, you know, weight training. And it's also cardio to me, you know, there may be people to argue that, but, but uh, it was a transition from, like I said, cardio to weight training, which incorporated both, I thought. So that's why I did it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, as far as energy levels, I guess I've got my macros about right and my rest and, and everything's because, you know, I mean, it, you, you, you want to leave a workout feeling like you've done something, but you want to leave a workout wanting to do it again. You know, I, I feel sorry for somebody that thinks they're going to catch up after years of inactivity and they're going to do it in a week or one day. And then pretty soon they quit going. And that gym membership is just, you know, how much ever money a month that you're not using anymore. And so, uh, and here's another deal, unless you're training for, you know, the Olympics or, or, or whatever, you can pretty much set however you want to do it. You know, don't let somebody else's program, don't let mine or anybody else's, you know, run it. If you want to wait one song on your workout playlist, get them earbuds in and, you know, lift and then wait a song till you do the next set, you know, or, or whatever. Your rest periods during training have not, um, worn you out or anything like that it, you're still able to maintain energy right like short rest periods and yeah. about how long are those rest periods well i have stations where i let rest 30 seconds you know like i'll do like four or five sets 30 seconds reps and there be, might be 30 to 15 to 30 reps for each set and rest 30 seconds in between and then on heavier days then it may be a three minute rest you know between like a heavy bench or or heavy deadlift or something like that so they kind of vary, but w- what I was saying, you know, you don't want to leave just, you know, on, if it finds you on the floor of the gym or throwing up, then you're going, you, you're not resting enough. You know, you're, you're, you need to 
you know, realize that it's, it's a, in this case, it's a marathon, you know, the consistency and staying with it. And so you don't want to dread it. You don't want to hate okay. it. The message overall is listen to your body, but also make it maybe practical so you can yep. keep. Yeah. And stay with it. You know what I'm saying? It's consistency. It's, it's the day after day thing. You're not going to get it in one day. You're not going to lose it in one day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, but, but it's just like consistency and, and it's those days that, you know, you may not feel like it. I mean, 4.30 in the morning sometimes ain't right. You know, you just don't want to get up and do it. But, you know, it, you know, just, you need to get where you feel worse if you, if you lay back down. And uh, also have a, I also have a, a, a scenario in the morning. I give myself five seconds, five, four, three, two, boom, you're up. Uh, and by the time you're up, you tell yourself that you're going to have a good day. You know, so it's already been decided. So get after it. What are your future fitness goals at the moment? Well, short term, I want to win at something every day. You know, one lift, one goal, one something. You know, win today. Uh, long term, I want to be healthy enough to enjoy my grandkids. Uh, I want to look good in my clothes and maybe at the beach. And anybody that wants help, you know, I'd like to help them achieve their personal goals. But I'm not going to push myself on somebody to, to do that. <laughs> So I, that kind of makes sense. All right. So Lyndon, I, I'm so happy you were able to speak with me. Uh, you're an inspiration. And I know that I have to keep going for at least another 30 years. Yes. At <laughs> 40. You. Well, I'll be checking in on you. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully we'll have you on again and uh, you could give us more information on your training and we can keep in touch. Cool. I'd love to. Thank you. All right. You're welcome.